Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 7, 8, and 9 of The Dragon Reborn, The Way Out of the Mountains, Jara, and Wolf Dreams. Enjoy! Welcome to season three, episode four. Um, we got a lot going on this week, so I'm going to jump right in with all the housekeeping stuff right away. So before we do anything else, new patrons, we always have to start with that. Um, Sean, um, technically is not a patron, but we gave him a patron title. Um, that's uh, Delusion Significant Other uh, because he boosts our server and that costs money. So yay. Yeah. It's, 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 it huge. You're it a hero. It counts. Um, and then we have Karen Sadai um, also as another new patron. So welcome, Karen. Yeah. Hola. Thank you. We appreciate you. Oh. All right. Um, as far as other things go, we're still marching more downloads all the time. 32,000 downloads. Uh, we passed that mark. Um, but the bigger number, which I said I'll do a giveaway, is when we hit 1,000 Twitter followers – I would do another giveaway. And as of right now, we are at 1,006. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, so we have over 1,000 Twitter followers. Um, and that means we're giving away a frosty mug. So probably if I remember after we're done doing this, I'll do the Twitter post. Otherwise, tomorrow, I'll, I'll, I'll just start the contest. It will announce the winner next, next week. So just, yeah. Look forward to that. Uh, giving away a frosty mug. So, <laughs> all right. Um, and speaking of merch, I think right now we don't have nothing new coming in the store. But um, if anybody saw, we had Baby Yoda advertisements, uh, advertising her stuff. Thanks, Jake, mm-hmm. for uh, for hooking up all the merch on Baby Yoda. Um, actually, it's not Baby Yoda anymore. It's it's. Uh, oh, wait, I don't want to give Mandalorian spoilers because um, there are people that are serious about that. So, if you haven't watched. Oh, I- I know people that have dug in and they just refused. They're like, he's, he's going to be baby Yoda forever. I will not recognize anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I almost spoiled Mandalorian, but I'm, I held back. I'm not going to do it. Um, baby Yoda has a name. That's all I'm going to say. Greg, I'm not going to say what's Greg, the name of this. <laughs> Grogu, that's all. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, there you go. Um, as far as, uh, and then also nothing that we started doing, um, uh, it's been, uh, I think, two weeks ago we started, or last week. Last week we started doing it where we had a country. We give a shout out to listeners from different countries. Um, we did Malta last time. So this week, uh, do do Hungary. We have listeners in Hungary. So, are hey. Hungary. So, yeah. Um, I'm hungry. Right is, isn't, isn't the capital Budapest? Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. That sounds right. You yeah. can tell us so whatever maybe. you want it to at this point. We would believe sure. you. <laughs> sure. So yeah. So yeah. Keep listening to us. If you listen actually far enough into the episodes, you might actually get to hear country shout it out. Maybe. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. As far as anything else goes, um, that's it for the housekeeping stuff. Um, personal life. What's going on with you guys? Personal life. Um, let's see. So we had a little gap in actually recording. I know we're releasing these on a regular schedule. So I'm trying to 
I guess the biggest thing is the with Thanksgiving, uh, you know, my kids were with their mom and I had other family that was getting together, but then they also had some people that, I don't know, they haven't been part of my COVID circle. So I just decided to deuce out and I hopped on the Appalachian Trail, uh, did about 40 miles in two and a half, three days. And then I spent another day doing some small hikes and it was fantastic. Um, only ran into a couple of people. The couple of people I ran into were pretty cool, stopped and chatted. Uh, at a distance, you know, safely for a little while. And the weather was great. The sunrises, sunsets were perfect. I mean, it just couldn't ask for a better weekend. And I was actually, this is the first big hike I've done solo. Uh, I've done other shorter hikes by myself, but that was the longest I've gone by myself. And I guess I was a little anxious about that. Like, would I get bored? But no, it was great. I am fantastic company. So I don't know what I was worried about. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. Cool. I love going hiking with you. I don't know. You said forty miles, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. And most of that was in two days, uh, seventeen miles uh, each day. And then on uh, Sunday, I only had a little bit left to come out. Yeah, I'm, I'm good for maybe like six miles in a day, but anything over that would yeah, be especially stressful. With, yeah, it was it was sunrise to sunset because. Got going by seven in the morning, and then by uh, three thirty, four o'clock, I was setting up camp. Cool. You know, for a lot of daylight. Yeah. Wow. I was booking it. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, it has been a little while. Um, I spent some time down in Charlotte, of course. Um, <laughs> had some situations come up that were unforeseen, so I apologize for having to hold up last week's recording, but. We had just stuff come up personally that I had to deal with and, you know, situations staying in other people's house, you know, making noises forever in a day and talking too loud and that sort of thing isn't really viewed as a good thing sometimes. <laughs> Sounds. <Ow. laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that became a slight issue. So we won't go any further into that, but, okay. um, I, my cousin's child kind of upset my Thanksgiving plans. Cause the original plan was to go down to North Carolina or excuse me, South Carolina to visit my aunt and uncle and the family there. There's enough space to be safely socially distanced inside and outside of the house with the number of people that were going to be there. It was all family and most everybody was quarantined. So we're like, ah, oh, this is safe. We're good to go. We'll be cool. And then I get a, I call my aunt the same Tuesday that we were supposed to record. And it's like, hey, excited to come down tomorrow. Cool. Everything's set up and ready to go. Then I get a call an hour later and she's like, Aiden, the cousin's son was uh came in contact with somebody with covid i'm like mm. oh, wait what do you mean and she's like yeah his teacher who had been teaching him the whole week sick the majority of the week didn't sit till friday afternoon after spending a week with the kids has covid oh no and they Ooh. didn't even tell my cousin until Tuesday and she didn't find out from the school. She found out from a friend of the teacher because the school isn't allowed to release information on people with COVID. I'm like, it's a violation. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I understand that, but nothing from the school at all. 
Like, you don't have to tell mm. who had it, but you should at least make some type of a statement saying that there are people in the school exposed. You don't have to say how or why. So, and yeah. that same cousin just happened to visit my aunt and my grandmother, who's 91 years old, that Saturday. So, turns out like most of the family well, has been exposed to somebody who was exposed to COVID. So, we canceled the plan to have Thanksgiving with them and ended up spending Thanksgiving with Chanel's family for the entire day rather than part of the day with my family and part of the day with hers, which turned out to be really nice. So, we were appreciative of it. And then you know, the, the closing the chapter on the the house hunt for a little while, like the, the mold situation is starting to get cleared up, but not enough for me to feel comfortable. So I've made the adult decision to do what many adults a little bit younger than me do. And I'm going to go live with my grandma for a little bit. So <laughs> the opportunity to okay. save up some money and be in a place where I know there's nothing going on and she's been having some health issues. So I'll get to help out a little bit more with her. We're looking at doing a surgery for her in like a week and a half. She's had really bad bouts of kidney stones. So she's going in for her sixth surgery, but this one seems Ooh. to be worse than the others. So, you know, mm. for those that are religious, God has his plan and she won't admit to needing help. Yeah, and the yeah. minute I told her I was coming, she's like, thank you because I can really use somebody to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. You'll be there to help out, exactly. and yeah. you know she'll she'll be in our prayers, man. Thank you. So that's been life well, so far. Because we can't read Discord, they uh, all can't wait to hear Grandma in the background while we're recording. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Invite her on. Watch you find out she's read this series like four times through. <laughs> Tops on and starts spitting That's it. That's funny. So the the individual, what's his name, that wrote the last few books for um in, in sit for us for the Sanderson. Sanderson. My cousin is reading some books that Sanderson wrote. And like my family was is not into that form of fantasy whatsoever at all. So the fact that he's reading books by Sanderson is cool. So I'm like, hey, maybe next you can try Wheel of Time and you can hop on with us. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to make yeah. that happen. My grandma, no, if it's not a Amish love story, she's not reading it. So yeah. Okay. Well, I skipped over me. I sorry, I'll go back and talk about my personal life too. Um just because I did have some it's been like I said a a few weeks. I had my daughter's birthday. Um, but we, we had a family get together. She turned one. So um, the big the big one. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I can't yeah, she had she's fun. already she, one. I know. Um, I feel like that. She ate some cake. She had some food. It was nice. Um, and then we had Thanksgiving, which was also cool. Uh, we had it at my parents' house. Um, we had my uncle and aunt and my cousins come over and um my my aunt family uh, a few of their her family came too so um and she's married in so they were not related we didn't really know them well but it still ended up being being nice to have everybody together um the coolest part was that um i started talking to my uh younger cousin kelsey and it's before dinner we're having like a few beers before we sit down for dinner and and she's like, yeah, I did this new guy. And um, he he's having me read this new book, or not a new book, but read a book. I was like, what's the book? She goes, it's like Wheel of Time. And I was like, <laughs> no way. 
I looked at her and I looked at her. I was like, here's a link to my podcast. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> she had no idea I did a podcast with Motan, which is uh, uh, really crazy. But yeah, she just started Eye of the World. Um, but yeah, it's a small world. Um, apparently, apparently, her new boyfriend's a huge Wheel of Time fan. So I was like, well, yeah, have your, have your boyfriend reach out to us via Discord. Um, so I haven't met him. I don't know. She, 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 uh, we'll see if he sticks around. <laughs> I think she's only had one long-term relationship ever. So, um, yeah, we'll hey, see. She's um, a book for him. So that says something. Yeah, it, just, it does. So, so we'll see. She's the type of person that tomorrow she'll sneeze and say, I want to move to London and she'll leave. Ah. Uh, and she'll be gone for like three months. And yeah, she's an artist and she's like, I mean, randomly one day she woke up and decided to get her car and packed all her stuff up and drove to Los Angeles and no plans, no nothing, and just moved to Los Angeles. Uh, and then she moved to Brooklyn for a couple of weeks in New York, and now she's talking about moving to Denver in two weeks or something like that. We'll see if it happens. She's she's that type of person. So um, I can appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, but 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 uh, who knows if relationship's gonna last? Because uh, she's. Yeah, she'll just get bored and be like, "All right, squirrel." Um, and, <laughs> like, um, well, that was fun. yeah, love love her to death, but you know that's how she is. Uh, <laughs> she knows it. <laughs> um, so let's go into predictions. Uh, oh, before I do that, another personal thing: I'm sailing this weekend. Really? So, Ian, with check, me check your pronouns. We are okay. sailing this weekend. We are sailing this weekend. Ian's coming with me. Yeah. So um, we come. We come. We come. We come. Sailing, it's going to be awesome. I haven't sailed in months because uh, COVID, and then just with kids. It's been tough, and I got the okay. It's a big race. It's going to be it's the last race of the year. Uh, so on Sunday, we're going racing. It's going to be fun. So looking forward to that. Um, I'll let you guys know next week how it went. Yeah. So, um, so predictions. Let's get right to that. So one prediction, um, this is not a new prediction, but it was, re- it was talked about again, was someone drank from the cup. Um, we talked about that all the way back in Eye of the World, that someone had drank from the cup, and then parents offered this cup twice again, or at least a cup again, uh, by Landfeard and our good friend Bialzaman, Skeletor, <laughs> Ballsy, whatever we call him. Um, yeah. And um, and there's a, uh, you know, an old prediction is that someone had drank from the cup, so um, we have we've never we haven't confirmed that or, or, or found that not true, but yeah, it just came back up. So I decided to bring the way back up. Uh, one from last week as well is that Kalendor, um, that the sword that cannot be touched, will be drawn by Perrin, not by Rand, in a crazy plot twist. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, another one. This is an older one. Voices in Rand's head are from previous lives. Uh, because we had some voice in Rand's yeah. head a while back, uh, they're from previous lives. So it, I know we're gonna get a little bit of Rand in these chapters, but just wanted to kind of bring that back up. Because are they previous lives, or is he just going crazy? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. Or both. Um. Perrin will become a werewolf. That was a prediction made in Eye of the World. Um. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that a lot. I'm feeling that. <laughs> And the last one is that Masima, that crazy uh, zealot guy from Chanarian, is going to go and start his own like cult or group or something like that. Um, you said similar to like, the White Cloaks yeah. got started, I think is what you guys had compared. Like, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. 
those are our predictions. I mean, some of those are older ones, but they kind of tie in a little bit with this episode. So, um, some from last week, some from older. Sounds good. I'm still feeling okay. them. They they've all got yes, potential all have in some way, shape, or form. All right. Cool. Yep. Cool. So, with that being said, unless you guys have any other things to add, we'll just jump right in. Let's get the Let's fuck start. off this mountain. All right. So, the sh- one of the shortest chapters in this in this whole entire book, chapter seven, the way out of the mountains, and the icon is the flame of Tarvalin. Um, so it almost makes you think it's going to be not parents' point of view, but it still is. Um, so <laughs> it's really, I mean. We, we can start the first scene. I mean, it really just gets a lot of description of, of how how the the landscape changes as they move out of the wilderness into the world of man. Um, the, it describes a lot about the mountains. Uh, you know, Perrin feels the wolves, but closes his mind out to them. Uh, he doesn't want, you know, uh, he, he, he's denying that ability. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, land scouting around. Uh, and... and and I want to start with that. Um, you know, besides all the description, we can start there as well. But I just found it interesting how Land made all those different marks, like to show the trail. Yeah. So. I'll read part of the passage. It said, "Nothing but land signs. A tuft of grass or weed tied one way to say bear left, another way for bear right. A bent branch, a pile of pebbles for a rough climb. Leaves caught on a thorn for a steep descent." The warder had a hundred signs, it seemed to Perrin, and Moraine knew them all. Land rarely came back except when they made camp, to confer with Moraine quietly, away from the fire. When the sun rose, most often, he was hours gone already. So exactly what Chris just read, like, that's pretty much the my, my favorite part of this chapter and what I highlighted. And it, it made me think, um, in this instance... He he knows people are following him. He wants them to be able to follow him. But even still, it's just like these little twist of a branch, turn of a leaf, small tuft of grass. Like you have to be trained. You really have to know what you're looking for. And Moraine's the one who's able to see it and follow him. So it's really hard to follow him when he wants you to follow him. Uh, and it made me think back to when Nynaeve was able to follow them and find him. And this is when Lan was intentionally trying to cover his tracks. So how cool is that? Like, how much more of an explanation mark of, bam, like, how badass was Nynaeve to be able to track them mm-hmm. down? Uh, so I don't know. I just thought that was pretty cool. Because, you know, in what you read, Chris, it was saying that, um, you know, Moraine was able to find them all. Uh, so that kind of makes me think if it wasn't for her, they probably wouldn't be able to follow them. You know, maybe Perrin or some of these Shinorans could have picked up on some of them, but not all of them. Uh, and yet, Nynaeve was able to track him down when he didn't want to be found. So I think that's great. I agree. Oh. It speaks to her like keen ability to really track thing, track people down, and it shows like the yeah. training that her dad gave yeah. her, and it really speaks to her astuteness. Is that a good word? Yeah. 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 And a little bit of stubbornness, Definitely. you know. She was going to find them no matter what. I think that was part of it. Yeah. Her, man. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the next scene we get to is they take a little break. They stop, I guess, to make camp. And Perrin and Loyal go down to do some fishing. Uh, some good old noodling, uh, as we used to call it. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, where you catch fish with your bare hands. Um, we used to do this in college um, quite often to catch carp. But um, 
um, they're, they're nasty fish. We would not eat these fish. Uh, in fact, we use them for pranks more than anything else. But yes, uh, you can catch fish with your bare hands. It's actually pretty easy. It's easier than they make it sound. But um, yeah. but they 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 weren't they weren't actually doing the, the noodle method. They were trying to actually grab them, which is nonetheless. Anyway, so we get this whole scene where Moraine shows them all up. Um, just wanted to talk about that scene. What your thoughts were? <laughs> I have my thoughts, but uh, let you guys go with that. I thought this little this little scene was very entertaining. I think Jordan did a fantastic job. You know, it might not have been entirely necessary, but at, you know, after this, we get more and more into parents' frustrations with all of just everything going on. His frustrations with Moraine. So I guess it's to start building that up. Anyways, I will say this. Um, for this episode, I listened to these chapters and I read them. I listened to them first, and I happened to listen the, uh, to them in the car with Alan. And he did a pretty good job of keeping a straight face and not giving anything away. But when this scene came up, um, Alan, you could probably uh, vouch for this. As they start talking and Moraine comes over, I was like, oh, wait, let me guess. She just going to hop on that rock and snatch out a fish right in front of their face. And of course... She just sits down and goes, what do you mean, like this? Swoop, <laughs> biggest fish they've ever seen. And I was like, that bitch. And then when they go to walk off and Perrin trying to tell her, trying to instruct her, like, you know, he's in charge. You know, I, I know what I'm doing here. Well, we need to move on down the river. There's no way. She goes, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, let me guess. Now she could catch a couple more fish in the exact same spot. And then, pow. So, like, it was a little predictable. But at the same time, extremely entertaining, and I was like both laughing and being pissed off at Marine at the same time. So I, I loved it. And I was with it with you. Like I was like, please don't let her. I want her to struggle. I want one struggle to happen here. Please let her struggle. No, we, mm-hmm. we can't have struggle. She can't struggle. Good, she is I to die. May a lot of me was like, yeah, she used magic. This is how it happened. Yeah. That was my question. Did she channel? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she definitely channeled. It is what it is. Yeah, Had to. Yeah. So and then it spits up the whole next scene where, you know, parents obviously upset because she's just telling him to do everything. And and the way they describe it is it's pretty pretty uh, you know, believable, I guess the way it is. She's not kinda of like barking orders. She's making simple like requests, but they all add up to like really big requests. But it's always like, Well, can't you just we grab that, and while you're there, can you do that? And then that, and it's all like, I'm doing everything for you now, and I didn't realize I was doing everything for you. I'm getting pissed. Uh, so, um, and you get that from Parent, whereas Loyal just accepts it. It's like, oh, she's nice to die. We'll just do whatever she says. Uh, Parent's like, I don't want to listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Lanny even suggests maybe you should listen to her. Uh, you know, Blacksmith or something. <laughs> yeah, he's like, maybe you should have never actually to her. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah that that was that was quite entertaining because I was like, did he really ever completely listen? Like he more or less just blindly followed. In my mind, there's a difference <laughs> because he wasn't necessarily sure. doing anything at all at one point. He was just there, and we all thought he was, you know, not worth his weight. He was just a block. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah that. That that part uh, uh, angered me, and it has nothing to do with the characters in the story, but it just uh, – hopefully not everybody knows a person like this, uh, but I definitely knew a person like this. Um, 
that was close to our family and very, very manipulative, but you would never notice it because just like this, it's always something small, some little favor, some little, and it just sounds so reasonable and you almost feel guilty not doing it for them. But before you know it, over time, they just got their fucking claws in you and they're trying to string you along like a puppet and make you dance and everything. And anyway, so I, I skipped through that part pretty quick and personally was put off by it. But like I said, it's not fair to the book because it was more me thinking about this person that I can't stand in real life. Sure. So, eh. yeah. Anyways. Good point. Well, you, you, you go back and forth with Moraine anyway. So, you know, you you cannot. I know. Maybe that's. It. Maybe her manipulation sometimes, I don't know, I've thought about this, it reminds me of, of this one particular person that, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That could be part of it. Yeah. And then it comes to the end of the chapter with them coming out of the mountains into the land of men. And the chapter ends with them getting to this little little town of Jara. But um, it gives a lot of that description of just how the deer, the deer who wouldn't run away, now started run away inside of, inside of them and you know, that less and less of these cats, you know, mountain cats or whatever that they see, you know, they just obviously they slowly, and it gives you that idea. And Ian just went hiking uh, this weekend. But when you go up into the Appalachian Trail, where you see a lot of humans up there. So it's not, it's not nearly as probably as, as remote as this. But as far as coming back down, you start to see things before you get back to the parking lot and like into the towns. Um, yeah, you'll see sure. a stray house here and there. Then all of a sudden, you know, the dirt road turns into a gravel road, and then you see a power line, and then you see you know, like it's it's like okay, no, yeah, <laughs> the, the modern equivalent of moving back into civilization. Yeah, for sure. What I mean, that's a great point. Even the part I was at, uh, the the second peak I went over was the second highest in Virginia, not on the Appalachian Trail, but second highest in Virginia. So when you were up there, you were so high. Uh, there there were some birds that flew that high for sure, but there wasn't a lot of other animals. Uh, the ground was a little bit more bare. You had a little bit of grass at the top, but mostly you heard the wind just whipping through the valleys and the different sides of the mountain. And as you came down, you'd cross a point where you started getting more animal noises. And then you got halfway down, you started hearing running water of the springs and creeks that were forming and water coming together. But then you start exiting out of that. You run into more people. Like you said, you'll go off of a really rocky boulder path and the path starts getting more normal, I guess, and walkable. And then eventually there's a point where, like, you get close to the the exit area. And I was near the Blue Ridge Parkway. And instead of hearing the streams and the Babylon Brooks, you hear cars going by. And then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> back, back to humanity. <laughs> Little Don't forget the fun of morale yeah, in there. Definitely. It was. Oh, yeah, was a couple I babies thought it was a hilarious exchange. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I'm jumping backwards. I'm sorry, guys. Squirrel <laughs> moment. Let's go talk about is it. it. Is it significant though that she threw that little jab yeah. out in front of other people? Like before, it was a very private conversation was, between those two. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but you got to think of Moraine. That's a strategy. Why? Why would she be more like joking about it now with him and starting to let other people hear the joke and the jab and mention of this name and what might happen? Uh, it might mean that the time is getting closer and she's trying to warm Lan up to the idea and get him more comfortable with it, and also introduce, 
you know, the other people close to their party to the concept that this may be happening. You're giving her the benefit of the doubt now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. She's she's super sneaky, man. Everything this is she the does is back and purpose. forth with her. Like for me, I was like, that's a a B move. <laughs> so messed yeah. up. Well, I mean, yeah. me? that man will die for you. But even <laughs> even when she's being a B, like there's, she always has her own good reasons for it. Yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah. you love her. So okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'd marry her tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Well, all right. Well, this is at the end of this chapter. So, anything we missed? I know we just talk, talk, we talked about morale for a bit, but uh, anything else that we missed? I mean, it's a short chapter. There's not a lot that we can miss. No, not really. Okay. Cool. I hope they do the little fishing thing in the show because I want to see loyal. <laughs> laying on top of a river rock trying to pull a teeny trout out of the water. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, moving on to chapter eight, Jara. And the icon is a wolf. So, um, obviously, it's a parent chapter. When you first saw the wolf icon, did you think you were actually going to get wolves in this chapter? I mean, Jara um, doesn't really mean anything to you. You just assume it's a town name, but I already knew that was a town name from last chapter, but. I didn't know what to expect. I just, I just was excited to see that it was more parent because we have this idea that this whole book is going to be about parent. And so far, it has been from his perspective. And there is a little bit, well, into the reading, so I'll wait. But just seeing the, the chapter title and seeing the wolf symbol, I just was excited to have more parent. Yeah, I wasn't thinking with them getting into a town, I wasn't thinking the wolves would get involved so much. I just figured he'd be uh, not just focused on Perrin, but would give us some more insight into Perrin's wolfiness or wolfishness. Wolf, wolfish? Man, that sounded better in my head. <laughs> wolfishness or wolfiness. Fucking put it all that out. Just pretend I didn't talk. <laughs> 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 nope, that has got to stand. Wolfy, Wolfy, Wolf McWolf. <laughs> Wolfy McWolfface. <laughs> Wolfy McWolfface. There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have a script for this town. It's a small town. Uh, there's not a lot going on, but obviously something big happened because there's, uh, there's signs that there's a big party here. Like, there's just random stuff around the streets. It looks, and everybody kind of looks tired. Um, but, you know, uh, they don't really know what's happened. It just looks like something big's happened in the town. Um, but Parrot also smells something bad as well. Um, it's a really weird smell. He you know, thinks it, it can't be Rand, um, but something's off. So I was wondering, and it goes away real fast, but he has a smell. So wondering what you guys' thoughts were about that. There's a little me that wonder whether that Pat and Fane had come through. Okay. Like, oh yeah. 
he just keeps popping back mm -hmm. up in my mind, like maybe he rolled through, or then the, the next thought was, you know, maybe um, Rand was changing quite a bit to the point where he was getting easily distinguishable by Perrin because he doesn't recognize. Because, like, in my mind, like, the wolf's smell is more than just an actual smell, but it's, like, about the person, the way they think. So maybe Rand is just changing so much that his smell is even changing. So, hmm. Yeah, I, I made a couple notes on that because Perrin thinks that can't be Rand, but remember, that's Perrin thinking that. That's not a narrator telling us that it, it can't be Rand, so it could be Rand. Now, if it's Rand, what's changed? Like, uh, maybe the 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 taint is so bad with Rand that Perrin can smell his taint. Uh, <laughs> disgusting to him. Uh, or so maybe there's actually somebody else following Rand close behind, and that's what Perrin is is smelling. Um, I also started thinking, uh, you know. It was either last episode or the episode before. We were talking about the whole parent thing and the relationship with Rand, and like maybe there's some crazy twist where as uh, Parent develops more into his Wolfie McWook face, Wook face, Wolf face. I still can't even say that. Uh, that he he's just drawn to oppose whatever Rand is becoming. So maybe they like become en enemies at some point, uh, and maybe this is kind of one of the first hints at that. You know, hmm. Hmm. so Perrin is smelling Rand's taint. Got it, right? Okay. <laughs> yep. Mental image. And then we go meet. We go to meet a frog-looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People also have never seen an Ogier before, which is also really interesting. I mean, we got this a little bit in Camelin how there were some people that had never seen Ogiers, and they chased them into the end with like pitchforks and torches. But here, they're not even, like, scared of this thing because they don't even believe in Trollocs. So, like, they just don't even know what it is. So, whereas in Camelin, they immediately thought it was a Trolloc. There, they're like, what is he? Like, Trollocs are, are fake. So are Ogiers. Like, what, what is this thing? Uh, <laughs> is he in a costume? Like, I, I wanted to ask you guys about that, like, that that initial reaction from, from our frogman, um, Simeon. Um, the bubbling frog-like guy. Uh, so you, your instinct is to like judge these people a little bit, but then you got to think, let's go all the way back to the two rivers. And let's say like they were just hanging out in town and somebody showed up and they had loyal with them. Um, you know, some people might've heard of a Ogier had a description of them before, but I, I would think most of the people that like, live there would look at him and be like what what the hell is that you know so it's it, it they're just a little bit more remote maybe or you know stuff like that doesn't pass through i just thought it was funny that he tried to be quiet but he was not quiet leaning in a rain going what's that <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> super funny i also yeah. know after reading this chapter for sure whatever jordacon i go to if somebody is trying to dress like an ogier i'm gonna point and go "Ooh, look a trollic just to piss him off <laughs> <laughs> perfect just removed from the community thanks a lot 
<laughs> not not knowing. Uh, yeah. we're, we're already one foot in, one foot out anyway. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> they just they just they just want us for Ian's boot boot drinking and yeah, that's uh that's about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I gave it, up the boot drinking. I drink teapots, vases, pumpkins, I mean, ice trays. Because Malkir Talks is uh is listening right now. He actually that was the first reaction when I told him that we weren't going to be able to do our own segment. And he's like, I really wanted a boot. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might do a boot bomb. I don't know. We'll see. We'll do a boot bomb. We will. Um, Went in. Definitely. Or a teapot. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, teapot, teapot bomb to bring the boot out of retirement. <laughs> teapot, teapot, teapot bomb. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, so let's get back to the story. So after we meet our frogman, um, he's kind of bumbling around. Uh, Moraine asks, "Was there a wedding?" He says, "Oh, a wedding. We've had a ton of them." Um, it goes and says that everyone in the whole village got married yesterday. So, <laughs> so before we go that far. Don't forget his reaction to pain. That's important. Mm-hmm. Though we it know is. where we're headed, it's very important to note that when he saw Perrin's eyes, his own already protruding eyes were wide when they fell, or excuse me, he gave a start at Perrin's eyes, and but his own protruding eyes fell uh, wider when he saw Loyal. So he's really intrigued by Perrin with like recognition i could see him like having this like deep intense stare and in my mind when i saw that i thought two things maybe the smell that was maybe another brother that it had passed through yeah and then the second thought was was maybe we've like come into a town of people that are brothers in general or are used to seeing brothers come through I'm feeling it. That entered my mind. And of course, then we read further. So I was like, okay, all right, well, <laughs> he's welcome here. Like, he wasn't outright, like, loyal was the more surprising thing. Not this human with these bright yellow eyes and, you know, everything. But, of course, the gear, which, you know, mm-hmm. so. Exactly. And that is important for later. And then we get to the marriages. So what do you guys think about all the marriages? Uh, so immediately after that paragraph, there's the line of Perrin brushing that off, not caring, going, yeah, that's very interesting, but have you seen uh, – and then he gets cut off by Moraine. And again, I, I read into a lot of Moraine's actions and what she says and does. Um, so while at this point I didn't know why, it definitely did not make sense. Uh, I, I, I did see that as, okay, this is something that Rand has created by passing through there. Um, mostly, mostly because of Moraine's actions and and cutting Perrin off. It's like she already put two two and two together, and she's like, "Up, oh, we're on the right track." Yep, he was here. But yeah. why? Fuck, I don't know. And funny enough, yeah. I was of the same mind, but I was wondering, like, did he somehow channel through his flute and like encourage people to marry? 
He's like the Pied yeah, Piper. Exactly. Like I had that yeah. in my mind. Like we know he he uses his flute for for a place to stay and all that. Like he doesn't know how to control his channeling. He's probably in a good mood. He's you know distance away from people. He's gonna get led to sleeping. Get some food in his body. He's probably like, oh, let me play a little bit for the ladies, and then they just went and proposed <laughs> to the men and just made it happen. And the men were like, yeah, sure, let's do. That. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Pulls out the flute, plays Barry Manilow. <laughs> Girl, girls go nuts. Up some, Mar- some Marvin Gaye comes on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Lay, lady, lay on my breast bed. Wait, what? Let's get married. Yeah. So then they get to the stable. You know, they the horses go away. The serving girls are all shocked to see Loyal. Everyone's shocked. Um, and they, they go to the rooms, and Moraine then asks about the disturbance of the White Cloaks. Because apparently the White Cloaks have been there. Uh, but the White what the weird have of the White Cloaks, too. And Simeon goes and tells all about the White Cloaks now. Um, what happened the night before. Okay. So, things well, went weird. Yeah, this was very weird. Mm-hmm. Like, for a minute, I thought that maybe those that were actual dark friends in hiding were starting to come out of... The- their you know zone of being double agents and they were free to come and rejoin their brothers and sisters in darkness like that was the first thing that entered my mind and then the second was maybe with everything going on with the white cloaks with all the disorganization and the killing of many white cloaks like people were getting discouraged and then leaving so Mm -hmm. thoughts pop in my mind i didn't you know, it really didn't click entirely that Rand had influenced people that much. Right. Because um, he, ha- but it kind of makes sense now because if you think about everything going on, even in the camp, like people were worshiping him already at that point. So now people are just like getting a whiff of his taint and going crazy. my mind ran in a little bit different direction when it came to the white cloaks and them losing their minds i when i first read this i was thinking okay is this pat and fane this is where i started thinking pat and fane and and the more death and like the spread of his chaotic evil because i you know we're pretty sure you know at the beginning of this we read about him being involved with the white cloaks um, and if he's now either hanging around them or influencing some of them, like maybe they're just losing their shit in, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I trip more to him, but I guess it could still be ran. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to this next scene where they go to the separate rooms. Uh, Simeon goes and talks with Perrin alone finally. And then Perrin immediately is like, so yeah, whatever they're saying, forget about it. Let me ask about this guy. Have you seen this guy? And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy? Yeah, he's here yesterday. He played the flute in all the weddings. Um, you know, he was a little crazy, talked to himself a little bit, but yeah, he was here. He stayed in this room, actually. Uh, you know, so, hmm. um, you know, and, and this guy's a little crazy. Um, it says that so, he kept on saying someone was after him. Uh, and parents like, well, no, no, it's not us. We're, we're trying to help him. And immediately, Stephen's like, I knew it. Um, of course you could help him. You're, I knew what she was. Um, so he suspected right away that Moraine was Aes Sedai. 
So let's talk about that whole scene. Thoughts about it. Thoughts about did parents screw up by talking about this? But was this, I mean, obviously maybe not this particular time, but is this parent acting too hasty or what's your guys' thoughts? I mean, I don't mean to go all loyal or whatnot, but to Viren, you know, they just going to do what they're going to do. And Moraine needs to get used to that. Um, so what I, where I want to go with this is trying to figure out exactly why the weddings happened because Rand being present. Um, and I don't think it's just simply because he was there and people started losing their minds. There's always been this, this thing with Rand and the one power uh, and, and they're, there needs to be a a need like um, when they went to see the green man, like Moraine kind of set it up. So it was like life or death. Either they zapped in there or they were going to die. And and I kind of feel like Rand was really what pulled them in there. Uh, if, if you believe my time traveling Tam story, even infant Rand, that he was probably, you know, near death experience on the side of the hill, leaning against one of the stones and then zap zapped himself and, and Tam back to the two rivers. Um, and even Rand talks about there's times when he tries to intentionally reach out and and use the power, but it doesn't come to him. But in his time of need, it, well, all except for once, it, his time of need, it, it seems to show up. So what is it that Rand needed here? Well, Rand's traveling by himself solo. He knows he needs to eat. The only means he has to get by that he knows of, and Perrin hit it nail on the head, was hey, let me walk into this town and see, hey, do you need a guy to play the flute or play some music or entertain or whatever for a meal, for a place to stay? <clears throat> well, we know this this town, if it wasn't for the weddings, not much really goes on there, right? Uh, they don't get a lot of travelers passing through there by description. So he had this need. He needed a place to stay. His only way of getting a meal, getting a, a, a bed is to be able to play for it, play for his meal. So you know, the, the power kind of hooked him up and was like, fuck it, we're we going to get people to party all night and party all day and you can entertain them and they'll be happy to feed you and, and give you a place to sleep. Am, am I crazy? Am I losing my mind, no, Chris? I'm kind of right there with you. It, it, I, th- I think you're... The only thing I would think is the, the idea that the power would give him all that positive in the sense that it's tainted, so... I think it was just more that people were drunk off of of the how yeah. do you say it? It wasn't that it was influencing them positively. It's just that they were drunk off the feeling, like they could feel the one power coming off of him. They could feel that he was severe, and, and that like high was influencing them to make irrational decisions. <laughs> Yeah, so, so so it hit him more like a yeah. trigger. So do you guys think this has to do with the power or it just has to do with them being Tavirin? Because those are two separate things. Like, you can beat Tavirin without having, like, the Ardra Hawkwing had no touching, he couldn't could do anything with the power. But but he was Tavirin, so the pattern just bent around him. So is this part of just the pattern bending around Rand or is it directly related to the, to the power? I, I, I think it's a chaotic combination of the two okay. because you can't separate the two with Rand. He's Tavirin and he can channel and 
he it's either because he's so inexperienced or just doesn't understand the channeling channeling part like it's sporadic how it the channeling happens and when it happens you know so it's it's kind of chaotically intertwined i I I don't want to jump too far ahead of us but i I feel the exact same way i think that being that he is tavir and and the web is being woven around him and people being pulled closer to their fates because they're coming in contact with him they are being pushed to come in touch with their fate and follow their fate but then the the high that they're getting from him from being like from the power kind of like flowing off of him i think like you said it's like storm that combination of both where they feel they know their fate and then they're being kind of drugged or influenced by his just being there i don't know i guess it could be one or the other but i i, I agree with the idea that it could be a combination of both that's because i mean she makes the moraine makes the uh statement that you know the pattern is woven more tightly around him than any other and his influence so much greater. Yeah, he's he's more Tavirin than, than anybody's ever been. So it's like hard to tell what the effects are going to be because there's nothing to compare yeah. it to. So it's like what what really what is really influencing that? I don't know. So mm. many things. Uh, uh, the, the, the cat's out of the bag with Moraine. Um, so. Parent kind of like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go talk to her. Well, can you talk to him? He's like, and immediately goes, so what do you do about trees? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah. And parent goes to talk to Moraine. Um, Moraine's pissed. So, yeah. Uh, parents basically says, like, yeah, Moraine's been here. The, uh, Simi just told me. And Lan and Rain both are just like, you weren't supposed to say anything. Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, Rain's like, I already knew he was here. He's like, well, how'd you already know that? He goes, the weddings, the white cloaks, it's obvious he was here. And then we get the whole Taviran speech about how Ultra Hawkwing was such a powerful Taviran that, you know, people said that, you know, do all this great stuff and, and Rain might be just as powerful. That's why. Yeah, we're we're getting more and more into territory where Moraine has information for us, but it's no longer helpful. (laughs) Like she knows a little bit, but it's becoming obvious that, um, and we'll find out what parents going through. She knows a little bit, but not enough to be helpful. At least what she's revealing when it comes to how Taviran are Taviran are, she knows a little bit and could compare to stories with Hawkwing, but, isn't very helpful when it comes to Rand because Rand is that times 10, right? Yeah. So if this, if this pattern continues and you already saw Rand standing up to her, uh, Perrin, I think is standing up to her even more. Um, and you have a situation like this where they're pissed at him for the decision he made to talk, to talk about it. And who cares if she already had a good idea that he was there? It, it's still good to be able to confirm it and confirm what direction he went. So I don't think Perrin walks away from this at all thinking he did anything wrong. In fact, he's probably just getting more pissed at Moraine and Lan, you know, for trying to be in charge and not really doing a good job with it from his perspective. 
so yeah, so Perrin says, yeah, the semi guy knows your eye said eye. Um, and Moraine looks at Land, like Land looks like he's about to kill the guy. <laughs> and like Moraine's like, no, we'll, we'll, not right now. Like, so my question was, was Land going to kill him? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, he was done. <laughs> he was going to at least cut his tongue out and chop off yeah. all his fingers so he couldn't write about what was going on either. Yeah, he's uh, not through this, huh? <laughs> yeah, I had some time. <laughs> it doesn't help hey, that I to watch uh, Utopia. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. Ooh. I, just, I, just got, I just got done watching The Queen's Gambit, which was really oh, good, by I'm the way. halfway in it. Yeah, it looks really good. It's, it's, it's really good. Anyway, um, so, yeah. Um, you know, Moraine then orders Perry to take him to Simeon um, and says just her and Perrin will go and leave Land behind, which Land's not really happy about. They have to take care of her or else. Uh, you know, but yeah. So they head off to go see what's wrong with, with Simeon's brother. So knowing what we know happens, does Moraine already know about Simeon's brother? And that's why she told Land to stay back and Perrin to come? I had that same thought. How would she know, though? I don't know. She's freaking Moraine, I though. Know. I was like, she just seemed to be too... It's like, ah, he'll be enough. Like, yeah. we'll be good. It, it... It's, it's like she knew what they were getting into. Yeah. yeah. And then everything played together, and it and then it finally forced the conversation between her and Perrin, and it's like all of this happened too coincidentally yeah. for it to be coincidence, you know. Yeah. I mean, also, could, I mean, Land had been scouting ahead. Land might have already gotten reports about this. That's and true. They're pretty good about that. Away from the campfire, so I did think about that too. Like, what secrets were they yeah. sharing away from the campfire that the rest of the crew couldn't hear? And of course, if you got mm-hmm. a guy that's kind of went and ravaged the area, you know, killing things with his yeah. teeth, and you know, yeah. I, I did have that thought. There, like, there could have been some servant that, in passing, was like, "Oh, my lady, make sure you don't go into this room because there's some fucking wolf person <laughs> that'll eat you like he ate the cow." And Moraine would just go, "Oh, okay," and you know, put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So possible, but still, she. She's sneaky. She knew what point is when she said, "No, nope, parents coming with me, not you, Land." She knew what they were getting into. I, I think, yeah, yeah. So then they head out out of the out of the inn, um, past the stables, into this little small shed back behind the the uh, the stable. There's a makeshift cage, pretty much inside the shed, um, and we meet Gnome, who has yellow eyes. Poor gnome. Burnished golden yeah, eyes. Better than yellow. Yep. Yeah. More wolf than human at that point. Yeah. Um, and they get the whole backstory about how he said he could talk to wolves, and when he drank, he got more and more, you know, you know, would lash out more and more talk about this crazy power he had. And eventually, he just quit talking altogether, and, and this is what he is now, you know. And then he killed the cow. With his yeah, teeth. Kill the cow with his teeth. <laughs> ah. And um, 
and Perrin reaches out to Gnome like with thoughts like he would with a wolf and just finds a bunch of jumbled thoughts about killing. So he just immediately stops. He's like, yep, that guy's crazy. <laughs> oh, poor guy. So what are your initial thoughts when you see Gnome? Like what's, what was your initial gut reaction? Well, the whole werewolf idea came back to my mind, but he clearly was not a werewolf. He was just more wolf than human. Yeah. Um, but that definitely like popped itself back up into my mind. And then some of the same concerns that parent voices later, like, is this parent's fit? And then it was like, but how does, uh, oh man, his name is Elijah, uh, Elias. Thank Elias. You. How does Elias keep himself from going mad in this way? So, like, all these mm-hmm. thoughts kind of flooded my mind, and I really felt bad for Gnome. Like, I just wanted him to have some humanity left. That way they could, like, out. And I was like, maybe Perrin's about to have his own pack of wolf people. So that really cool thought entered my mind. And this whole book was going to be about him gathering his his uh, pack and, you know, getting together to help yeah. Rand find the sword. And uh, my mind went all over the place. Yeah, sure. So for now, I'm going to be optimistic. We'll probably find out like next chapter that Gnome dies or something. But, you know, uh, by the end of this, Gnome gets released. And of course, Moraine tells us that he's there's no man left. There's no path back. There's no map to get get back to who he once was he's just he's more wolf right uh but maybe part of the reason he's struggling so much is as he made this final transition like he was locked up kept around humans not around other wolves so maybe maybe optimistically when they release him and he runs off maybe he does make a full transition to literally become a wolf and uh, joins a pack and he does just fine. He just isn't able to transition back. He doesn't do any of the the human stuff after that. He just goes full wolf. Yeah. That would be cool. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to be optimistic. So you think we're gonna run back at gnome later, sirs? Yes. Uh, I yep, I think so. <laughs> it's probably not gonna be in a probably not gonna be in a good way. You know, you know there's like thousands of characters in the series. We can't. <laughs> but yeah can't come back to every single one but yeah but maybe we'll see hmm. um so um yeah so we we get this next scene where moraine uses the power to unlock the lock which was kind of a little sly move um where he's like oh i get the, the key oh no never mind uh moraine can just pop it open um and yeah, both simian and parent are both worried in her mind what was going to happen once they discovered that there was nothing that could be done. Mm-hmm. So this way, there's no direct connection between her and what occurred. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. him being free, there's no direct connection between her and him being freed, or the group and him being freed, so nobody would come after them for it. So it's pretty pretty sly on their part. Mm-hmm. Sneaky. Yeah. Yeah, and Moraine goes and, like I said, she tries to figure out what's wrong. That, like we've already talked about, more wolf than man, and she leaves. And immediately, Gnome leaps and starts snapping at the bars. Uh, he's actually has chipped teeth too from trying to 
trying to, you know, bite the bars and stuff, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. And Moraine says, yeah, nothing I can do for him. The, um, so, you know, it's, you get a little bit more about healing here, even though it's indirect, you know, you learn a little bit more about how healing works. And we talked about this a lot last episode. It was like, you know, fast forwarding or, or taking back time. We talked about time with healing, but, um, you know, she's, this is another just aspect of it. I love how Robert Jordan drops these bread crumbs, you know, that healing comes from the person you're healing just as much as it does from the person healing. Like if there's no pathways there, right. you can't heal it. Like <laughs> it has, it has, you like you, you can't, you can't overcome a wound that naturally has no way to be healed. Right. Or something to that effect. Right. Like she could take advantage of, you know, if, if there is if there is a path, if there is a way that it can be healed, she can somehow accelerate that or take advantage of that path or process and make it happen faster. Right. But for for no, there's yeah, nothing yeah. left of a man. He's just he's he's a wolf. So yeah, yeah. So he chose his path. And Crazy to live in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this is and then at this point, Moraine does leave. Parent stays behind for a little bit with Simeon. Uh, feels kind of bad, also. You know, uh, we'll get to that also. But he lets him free. You know, basically gives the whole speech about you know he's going to die either way. You know, Sim- Simeon wants to keep him there because he's, he's afraid if he let him go, he'll die out of the wilderness. And Parent makes a re- reaction like you can't cage a wolf; like he'll die in captivity if you just leave him here. He'll die out there. At least he'll be free out there. Um, I think yeah. it's really neat that Parent is in touch enough with his wolf side to to say that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like he would have before. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And I also started. I also started thinking about, you know, you've seen those videos where, like, people have rescued a small animal and they've nursed it back to health and they finally take it back out and they're going to re-release it into the wild and it takes five steps and it gets picked up by a hawk. <laughs> I've, I've seen those. Like, release something like a fish comes up and eats the, you know, like, eats the other fish or... Yeah, right, right. So, like, they're going to let him go and they're going to be like, be free, brother, and then some, like, horse and cart come flying down the road and take them out. I'm like, oh, shit. Really <laughs> there is a video, and this, this, is, this is very morbid and horrible, but this is probably one of the worst ones I saw. It's like someone like, nursed a falcon or a hawk back to, like, from a broken wing back, and they release it in a field, and it flies off, and then, like, a truck comes, and, like, like, as soon as it goes out, like, yeah. like it, just, it flies I've, across the highway, and a truck gets it. It's like, <laughs> that's so bad. What a dumb bird. I mean, that's horrible. Not really the bird's fault, I guess, but man, right to it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a piece of candy. Schmack. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't have left these things. It's actually really horrible. Um, anyway, that's yeah, pretty bad. We might have to edit all that out. <laughs> we'll see. Ooh, piece of candy. Um, so, um, so yeah, so they let they let they let no free. He runs out on all fours, uh, and Perrin locks the cage, you know, backs, and you know, let the innkeeper figure that one out. Um, and, and at this point, that's when you know uh, Perrin feels bad about how he initially thought about Simeon. Simeon's actually a nice guy, you know, cares about his brother, also wants to help yeah. him out because the White Cloaks are looking for Perrin. 
And Simeon tells him that. And the parent puts two two together. He goes, wait, they mention me by name and my eyes. And everyone's village knows about Golden Eyes. So everyone knows that the white cliffs, that I'm him. Yeah. And crap, like this is not a good place for me to be right now. So thoughts about that? Well, I guess this is the first warning that Perrin really gets. You know, he ha- he has no idea yeah. after him. So this is a big positive mm-hmm. for him in that sense. Um, huge negative for the rest of the crew because now they're traveling with a wanted man by the White Cloaks. And the fact that he, he being um, our, our froggy friend, did not mention this to our friend Aes Sedai, Miss Moraine, is really cool because he definitely could have just ratted him out real quick and been done mm-hmm. with it, which is probably what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he did not, so I appreciate him for that. And, and Simeon's pretty slick because, uh, I mean, yeah, he tried to get help for his brother because he cares about his brother, but he was also paying attention to how Perrin reacted to be able to judge whether or not Perrin is a dark friend That's or not. True. You know, and he and he, he looks at it and he goes, nah, you know, a dark friend wouldn't try yeah. and help my brother. You know, so he, he was sizing up Perrin as he went through to make up his mind. He's like, all right, what, what am I actually dealing with here? So, and it, you know, in the same token, he was probably trying, wanting to see the best in Perrin because he knew there were some similarities between That's Perrin and his brother. So, yeah, because yeah, they're trying to hide his brother from the white cloaks as well. So it was, yeah, yeah. Um, they don't necessarily they're on they're not on the white cloaks side by any means. But at the same time, they were skeptical of Perrin because the white cloaks did say he was a dark friend. But Simon puts two together. It's like, no, nah, you're I, you, you would not have won. There's no, way, no way you're a dark friend. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. Simon. And so that's how we end this chapter is just with uh, Simon saying that he's going to keep Perrin safe, that he'll bring him his meals and let him hide up inside the inn. And we'll, yeah. All love. Cool. And we'll end. Yeah. Yeah. Anything we missed in this chapter or anything else that we. No, I didn't really see anything else. We kind of covered it all. Okay. Cool. All right. Moving to chapter nine. Wolf Dreams, and the icon is the Dragon's Fang, which is interesting because that normally represents Rand. And although we do get Rand, he's like only like here for like half a second. So yeah, we'll get there eventually. But, but yeah, a wolf would have been better for this one, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we also correlated with danger, so... Sure, sure. Yeah, and I was I was starting to run when I saw that. I was starting to run with my theory that maybe this kicks off Rand and um, Perrin becoming enemies of some sort, but that didn't really happen, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, the wolf dream. Uh, wolf dreams. So Perrin goes back to his room. He's really, really upset and nervous about what he saw, because... He's seen what can happen, and he's thinking this is going to happen to him. So rather than going to sleep, he goes and knocks on Moraine's door. You know, she's actually been waiting for him because she figured that she would come talk to her. Um, and, yeah, 
So he goes in and says, you know, is that going to happen to me? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe. Absolutely Maybe. useless. Clearly that's yeah. a possibility. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she she does tell her, tell him what she knows, and she knows a little bit. Um, you know, she says there have been some writings about um, about people who talked to once before, and sometimes they do lose themselves. Sometimes not. There's not a lot of research done by Isidai on it. Um, but one thing that they do know is that there's something to do with dreams all the time. Um, um, yeah, parents says, "Well, I can shut them out." Does that help? And she's like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I have no idea if it's going to help or not, but you know, keep trying. We'll see what happens. Um, but, the, but then I wonder if she's giving him bad advice because she mentions the whole, the wolves, the way they communicate. It's like, we, you know, we talked earlier, the one foot in, one foot out, uh, mm-hmm. dream world and reality and blah, 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 blah. But she mentions how other uh, I Sedai that had the ability to do this dream walking stuff or whatever, whatever it is they call it, they would run into wolves and sometimes wolves would act as guides. Right. So instead of fighting the dreams and running from the wolves in the dreams, maybe for parents' sake, it'd be better for him to, you know, if he find, finds one that's benevolent, finds one that's trying to help him to, you know, try and engage and see where it leads him. Right. But then she also talks, I mean, before we get too far into the wolves and dreams, talk about the wolf dream or the world of dreams itself. So this is not like normal dreams. Um, and Moraine makes that very clear that, that a normal dream is not dangerous. You just wake up from a normal dream. But the world of dreams, it's like kind of like the portal stones. It's a different world. It's a dream world that it's, it can be dangerous. You can get hurt there. Um, you know, she hints to that. Um, so I just wanted to to ask what you guys' thoughts were about, you know, that dreams can be dangerous to you. I mean, this is this more dream world like, you know, the Native American do some peyote and find your spirit <laughs> animal type dreaming, like. Right. Well, we've already seen some crossover. Let's go back to Eye of the World. Got the with the rats having their neck snapped, and we've got you know the pain that ran. Like she's telling him what they could have learned earlier on had they been honest. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's about in that sense. Um, is essentially they need to be careful because what happens in the dream world can happen in the real world, and that wolves mm-hmm. are live in part in one world and in part in the other. So it's kind of like you know your your physical body is connected to your spiritual being and it said that wolves have just as much connection to their spiritual self as they do their physical um mm-hmm. and that's why they say connected like in that sense yeah so if you die in the matrix do you die in real life but mm-hmm. can't live without the mind there you go and so you know that's that's kind of where my mind went and that's my take on it there. So I, I hate to say it, but if they had been up front with Moraine in the get-go, we may have had more happen in the first book or two. Yeah. I mean, chapter six or seven in the first book where Moraine's like, if you have weird dreams, tell me about them. And they're all like, yeah, sure. And none of them say anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
very early on, Moraine's like, what well, you need to know about the dreams. Um, the dreams are really important. Um, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to tell her shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So Perrin immediately says, well, okay. So dreams can be dangerous. You said that, you know, Aes Sedai can protect their dreams. So can you protect me? Uh, you said you can protect your warder. Um, and Moraine's like, I will not take another warder. I'm not a green. Um, I have a warder. I'm not going to take another one. And Perrin's like, that's not really what I meant. I just want some help. <laughs> like, and she's like, um, you know, she says, nope, your dreams cannot be protected. You just have to be careful. Which is kind of messed that's, up. And that's all, yeah, and that's, that's all the help she gives. And that's that's the end of this interchange. Um, so Perrin goes back to his room after this. So back, back, to, back to my point, the more Perrin and the more Rand have to figure this shit out on their own, and the more they find out, even when I talk to Moraine, I'm not getting anything good from her, and she doesn't know shit either that's actually helpful. Like, why are they going to keep her around? She's running. Yeah. Look, maybe she catches the trout a little bit faster and a little bit bigger. But honestly, I think Perrin will do fine feeding himself. So what, what I mean, what good is she right now? She's quickly losing credibility, <laughs> but at the same time, there's not much research out about it. So right. well, there's nothing. And I don't want to be too... Yeah, I don't want people getting in an uproar like, oh, Ian's a jerk. He's being anti-Marine now. I still love her to death. Still think she has a big role to play. Don't get me wrong. But right now, with what's going on in Perrin and what he's struggling with, and he finally tries to confront her and get info, he, he, got, he got nothing useful from her. That's going to be tough. That's not going to make him come back to her more often. That's not going to make him respect her more. I just, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So yeah. So Perrin goes back to his room, and the only thing he's thinking about is how to get away from wolves. He doesn't want to become like no. He wants to stay a man. He doesn't want to lose himself to the wolves. And thinks maybe after this is all is over, he'll find some city where wolves don't get anywhere close to because too much people, and that way he can stay away from the wolves forever. And tries to avoid sleep, but it's it's been a long day, so <laughs> sleep comes. Your boy needs a nap. Um, Yep, and he goes to sleep, and he's in a long hallway. Yep, and tries to wake up, but can't. He even says, it's a dream. I can wake myself up, right? Wake up, wake up, and nothing happens. <laughs> and then a wolf shows up and tells him, danger, run. And the wolf is Hopper. Do you mm. guys remember Hopper? Yeah. The Hopper was the wolf that was killed by the White Cloaks in the first book. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so what you guys think about five as they are in the pain as they are so in the dream world as they are in the physical world. So maybe Hopper's been with him the whole time. Maybe that's the mm-hmm. voice in his head that's been trying to get through to him, and finally Hopper's making some some leeway there. It's kind okay. of where my mind went on that one. It's like Hopper's finally getting through to him. Yeah. Because the danger is paramount. And because yeah, not he's slowly starting to embrace as wolfish. So yeah, um, and he thinks things like you know, well, Hopper's dead, right? So how is Hopper here? And Hopper's like, dude, run! So Baron runs. <laughs> I think um, I think the more important question is where is here? Yeah, and I don't have an answer for that, but like. I, I, 
that's why I keep struggling with is when they have these dreams like this, like where are they exactly? Are they are they in the land of the dead? Is this just a completely separate plane where I man, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Some so dreams. yeah, so parent parent does run and then he comes to like a man just standing there. And he's like a, he's a nobleman, um, obviously dressed nicely and sees Perrin and is like, get out of my dreams, and starts yelling at him. And then the shadows start acting weird. And this is, I, I don't know if you guys had to read First time I read this, I didn't really understand what happened. And then you read it again, and it's pretty gruesome. But like, rips guy. His, like, like rips his skin off his body is almost what it seems like. Yeah. Yep, like, that's exactly what happens. Like, and rips his skin right off his body. I was like, is this a fade? Is this fade? Like, in the dream and no, it's just like a yeah. it wasn't a fade, it's just like um, a shadow. So I'm like, is this more death? That's yeah, so a shadow reaches down. Like Yeah. Like a little tender little shadow reaches down and grabs and rips the skin right off and the blood splatters on Perrin. Um and Perrin starts to run again and shifts somewhere else. So before we go somewhere else, um just thoughts about this whole Weird thing going like, on. It almost seemed like the guy was still alive <laughs> after the screen, after the the skin had been ripped off of him. Like it's just like my whole body just tensed up, and you know how you get that feeling like like you got itching skin. Like I had felt so many things reading this and listening to it the second time. I was like, oh my god, did that really just happen? It's like the man's eyes widened and everything seemed to happen at once. The shadow jerked back to the ceiling, 10 feet overhead, trailing something pale. Wet drops splattered Perrin's face. A bone rattling shriek shattered the air. Frozen, Perrin stared at the bloody shape wearing the man's clothes, screaming and thrashing on the floor. Unbidden, his eyes rose to the pale thing like an empty sack that dangled from the ceiling. Part of it was already absorbed by the black strip, but he had not no trouble recognizing a human skin, apparently whole and unbroken. So it's like the ripped the skin off his body and decided to like wear it as a suit. And the guy was still alive, like in agony on the floor. And all I could do is like feel my own skin just like Oh, I still feel it right now. Itch. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. And and this is back when you get to so I, I talk about these scenes a lot. So you know you talk about in Great Hunt, the the fade being nailed to a door are are even more like these gruesome scenes like this. Like people ask like when the show comes out, is it gonna be T V fourteen or T or T V M A? And they're like, well, the book's like TV 14, like that. I was like, is it? Is, is it? it? Like, I mean, there's, there's not... a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's moments like this that you can't put this on TV and make it TV 14. Like, like yeah. And if, and if you tell the story without putting stuff like in, like this in there, then you lose a lot. Like, yeah. A lot there's a horror moments. aspect. Oh, right. Yeah. But yeah. So, like rated R. Yeah. yeah, but but again, even after reading this, I I keep asking, where are they? Like, it seems like they're in hell. Like, when they're in this dream space, are they in Shagul? Sha- Shagul? How do you say it again? Shagul. Shagul. 
uh, or or they is there some evil being that's trapped in this dream space that is making it so chaotic and I don't know just where the fuck are they? I'm gonna ask Hold that uh, at least two more times before the end of this chapter. Where the fuck are they? Yeah. So we just had Vance join us. So Vance is from the Gleeman. Um, and, you know, he was supposed to join us this episode. Um, actually, uh, this was planned long in advance. We had some hiccups last week where he couldn't come uh, join us last week. That this week he had some hiccups. So we did. Then he did. He's here for the last little bit of this episode. We appreciate him just coming on. Um, before we go any further, Vance, take some time. Plug yourself. Talk about what you do with uh, Wheel of Time and your YouTube channel. Yeah, and all yeah, that good stuff. Sure. So, uh, as Alan said, Vance from the Gleeman here. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel uh, aptly named The Gleeman. Uh, I have a co-host named Drew, who is uh, sometimes there, sometimes not. He's rocking that new dad life, so his schedule is really uh, up in the air right now. We also have our own first-time reader, Matt. And uh, I had initially planned for him to come on with me, but uh, the stars didn't align for that either, so... Y'all just have me. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're ha- we're happy for it. So, yes, yeah, we appreciate yeah. it, Johnny. <laughs> so yeah, so if anybody listens to our podcast, wants to check it out, go check YouTube. Type in the Gleeman. Um, you'll see the 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 ancient Isidai symbol, the white and black symbol that we've talked about before. This and. And then colors. I think it's is yes, it the Aja it colors is. around it. Aja colors around it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And that's the symbol. So go check it out. Um, and uh, not all their stuff is spoiler free. So if you haven't read all the books, don't check out all their stuff. Uh, but you guys, you guys tell when spoilers and stuff, right? Yeah. Where we are, uh, we just had a guy get sucked up by a shadow and blood splattered, and his skin mm-hmm. was pulled right off. And yeah, and Perrin freaked out, like like he should have, because that's yes, yes. terrifying. It is. It is. <laughs> it's a natural reaction. Yeah, it's, I think I think I would have been running faster and further. He hesitated a little bit, but you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. to each other. Yeah. yeah, and then he runs, and then shit somewhere else i think that's how it describes it like he just completely moves to someplace else and you know and i guess it's like changing dreams like what what do you guys think about that uh, you know i uh, i'm trying to remember exactly how that scene really came about because it was almost instantaneous it just said like the shadows around him yeah. agitation and parent ran pursued by dying screams Ripples ran along the shadow strips, pacing him, and then he yells, change, burn you. I know it's a dream. Light, burn you, change. And then, boom, colorful tapestries hung along the walls between tall. So, like, some type of a transition that that made me feel like it was a dream, even. Like, you know, most of the times when people have dreams, they know when things kind of are going sideways or changing because things just seem to be off and then they're different. But this is mm-hmm. him willing it to happen and then it happened right away. 
And mm-hmm. I haven't gotten that sense sure. before. Yeah, well, that's not true. In, in Eye of the World, you know, there's always the opening of the doors, and then they're kind of like in different scenes or in different places or different parts of a place. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just go back from uh, because the the few times that I've realized I was dreaming while I was dreaming, like for the little bit of time that it lasted, it was amazing. And I usually end up flying or like deciding to jump over something that in real life, I have no business jumping over like a bus or something, you know, but instead of being able to do cool shit like that, he's just, you know, trying not to die. I live Mm -hmm. in a sad world where I don't dream. And so. Oh, I don't think I see enough to dream. There you go. Yeah, it just it reminds me of uh, uh of of uh of the what's his name that that stand-up comedian that 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 Mitch Hepburn, Bert Kreisner, Bert Kreisner. <laughs> right. you, know, you know what I'm talking about, hmm. Bert Kreisner? I don't know this guy actually. Par- paraphrase. Yeah, he, so he has he has a big beer belly. He works. He always does the stand up with his shirt off. Does like guy in the machine, Russian mafia story. Oh, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he's a whole bit where he talks about his dad and he talks about dreaming with his dad. His dad cuts him off. And goes, wait, wait, you still dream? And he's like, what? You, you, you don't, dad? He goes, no, I'm a man. I go to work and then I go to sleep because I'm a man. I don't dream. <laughs> Who's got time for that shit? <laughs> what are you talking about, ponies? <laughs> uh, I love to stand up. Anyways. That <laughs> definitely applies to this. Yeah, definitely the, applies. The <laughs> so anyways. So. Kind of interesting because he went from like a kind of a slightly a hallway to being into – a different room or a different hallway or it's this colorful tapestries hung along the walls between tall golden stands mm-hmm. holding dozens of candles that illuminated white ceilings painted with fluffy clouds and fanciful birds in flight. Nothing moved but the flickering candle flames along mm-hmm. the length of the hall. So it was another hall, but it was like pretty. Now, I'm wondering mm-hmm. because yeah. it- the person that we run into next, where is she? Where is she supposed to be trapped? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we don't know if she's trapped. Well, she's not trapped. Well, yeah. Where was she? Where she, was she, she met with men. Trapped. She was supposed to be child so ghoul. Maybe this is child ghoul. Maybe she's going back and forth between child well, uh, ghoul, and they're entering child ghoul in the dream world. Mm-hmm. And they're getting the different, like, I mean, maybe they each get to create their own hell in Shaogul. Like, maybe the sure <laughs> was maybe. one of the many people trapped in Shaogul, and what this person enjoys doing is ripping the skin off of people and them writhe in agony. And maybe, you know, because he runs into Lanfren or whatever her name is. Land fear, thank you. Land fear, yeah. He runs yeah. in the land fear and her hell. You know, she can go back and forth now because <laughs> the um, things keeping her there are breaking down and they're losing their power. And she clearly has built this world there over the years that she's been there. 
and she's using that as her personal research mm-hmm. space and all of that because she doing here how did you get here like so that's kind of my guess it is Shaogul and they're entering it in their yeah. dream and just coming up and meeting the people that are inhabiting that space and the sword is probably in Shaogul mm-hmm. with them so they'll have dun, to travel dun, dun. to the dreamscape to get the sword and bring the sword out of the dreamscape into the actual world. Ooh. Mm. Deep. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Potentially. Um, yeah. So he's getting all deep here, and my thoughts are around Hopper and how Hopper's got to be totally frustrated with Perrin right now because uh, right after that section that uh, Chris just read you see danger the sending was even fainter than before and more urgent if that were possible so before Hopper was like Perrin what are you doing you're in danger get the fuck out of here and Perrin goes okay change change burn you I need to get out of here and it changes and then Hopper goes no dummy that's even worse wrong way what the hell are you doing <laughs> that's not what I meant <laughs> you know it's like Perrin's yeah, exactly. playing in traffic on a highway and Hopper's like get off the highway so like Perrin jumps off the overpass and splats on the highway below and Hopper Hopper smacks his head and be like oh Jesus no you were supposed to take the exit ramp what are you what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think what I think, Chris, your your insight there was uh, much deeper and much much more thought out. I don't know. I just thought about yeah. Perrin playing in a highway. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so they have, uh, Landfear is surprised that that Perrin's there, uh, but then she leaves, and something strange happens in the way she leaves. So. I wanted to ask questions about that too. What your guys' thoughts were? <sighs> Abruptly, the space seemed to flatten as if he were suddenly staring at a picture of a room. The flat image appeared to turn sideways, become only a bright vertical line down the middle of blackness. The line flashed white and was gone, even only the dark, blacker than black. It's like they cut a TV off on him. <laughs> you know, old school two TVs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how it came across mm-hmm. when I was reading it. Uh, Alan, you kill me asking all these, hey, good guys, what do you think whenever we get in these dream sequences? Because <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a good thought. I just, I don't know what to think. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> So do you ask these questions knowing we're going to have no good answer and just see what we say because you think it's funny? Or are you asking uh, it because at some point this is all going to make sense and like you're wondering if we're catching these clues? Uh, I'll give both. you a hint. I'm not catching any clues. I have no idea what the hell's going on. Sometimes, yes, it does mean something. Sometimes I just like enjoying this guess for Because <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm squirming. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, none of this makes any sense at well, all. I mean, if you have that thought that they're looking at or into Shao Ghul, like, we don't know what di- what plane it's in, 
like what dimension it's in. It could be like the old uh, Superman where they trap the villains uh, and the, oh man, Arr, it's like the really old Superman and they like trap them in glass or it's a uh, prism of some sort. But the cr- cr- the crystal exactly. they, ice, like ice palace thing. That, yeah. So like, it's just freaky. Yeah. Like I have that like idea mm. that maybe they're in a different dimension and it's a two dimension and so they're like flattened and uh, you never know they're floating in space cap oh prison and I don't know yeah yep at this point Hopper does show up again tells tells Perrin to run Perrin tries to deny Hopper and this is where Hopper just does okay screw you and turns and attacks Perrin by the uh, throat. <laughs> Yeah, by the throat, <laughs> Perrin wakes up. That's fantastic. So, any questions for you, Vance, for them? Like, before we move on, before we, before we move on to the waking up from yeah, the wolf dream? I mean, so I'm just going to comment that uh, I fully understand every guest that y'all have ever had that's finished the series and every host of the shows you've guested on. Uh, because, boy, is it hard to not just like. <laughs> I know what this is, and you guys, I just want to like, I just want you to be there so we can talk about it. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> give us right, a few more yeah, years, just a few, just a few. Um, I don't know. Did you, do y'all not think it's like, I, I know you kind of touched on it earlier with the instantaneous, like, parent moving from spot to spot, um, within this, you know, dream he thinks he's having. Um, like, do y'all not have any thoughts about how that's necessarily like the mechanics behind it or anything? Yeah. Well, so Chris, what are the ways we've seen people travel? Like, right off the bat, we had our shimmering guy that shimmered in and shimmered out, and like we've we traveled with the stones, we traveled, and we've then traveled. like the flickering in my mind is still traveling. It's just, you know that. That's another, like, I don't mm-hmm. quite understand how it works, but it's like Flickr, and we're in one scene. Flickr, when it does seem like the change of a television channel, or like, you know, one of those old viewers that you had growing up as a kid, where you, like, flick the switch, and it goes from scene to scene to scene. So, yeah, places. that. Like, it, it kind of reminds me of something like mm-hmm. When remember, we talked about... um the whole multiverse theory. And I mean, I definitely, you know, that's still applicable. Um, you know, maybe our Taviran and maybe our wolves, because Moraine says they're able to travel this dreamscape and the Aes Sedai that are dreamers. Maybe what it is that they're able to do is see into these other universes or multiverse multiverses or, you know, these other possible existences so maybe what Shaogul is, it's not a physical place where they are right now in their world, but it's this evil and the forsaken and whatever else they trapped in there. They were trapped in another version of this world and sealed off from coming back into this universe. But in these dreams, they're able to peer into these different universes. And then, so maybe that, maybe that's why Landfair is freaking out like, wait a minute. What are you doing over here? Because we're over here plotting, you know, our plans to come in there and screw you guys up. But if you're here, you're going to mess up everything. 
I, I don't no, know. I think you do. Though. I think you're right there. Like that's the bigger. So it's a, maybe some sure. interdimensional, if not actual travel, is being able to see in there, or I, you know, so I don't know. W- do y'all yeah. think it's related to the portal stones or anything like that? Like you know. Oh, it's all related. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know that it's this part is necessarily related to the portal stuff. Mm, I don't know. You raise good questions. <laughs> you raise good questions. Yeah. So yeah, so let's get to this next scene. So Perrin wakes up, um, cuts his throat, uh, realizes that his throat's not cut. He's fine, but then looks down and realizes that the blood from the dude that got skinned alive is all over him. Like, he goes to wash his face and takes off his clothes and realizes the blood's on the clothes and, and, and the water turns red as he washes all the blood off. Which is kind of freaky. A little bit. Just a little freaky, right? Uh, some, Freddy, some Freddy Krueger stuff going on here, right? I mean, we've seen that happen <laughs> before. We know that they're yeah. impacted directly by the stuff happening in the dreamscape yep. or the multiverse. Or whatever the heck this is now, because at this point we yep. don't know exactly what it is. Right. Um, but yeah. now I'm interested in knowing yep. what who was killed and why. Mm-hmm. Like, why did this man have to die? Well, some yep. other, some other. Yeah. Yep. At this point, parent does go back to sleep, and this is a regular sleep. And then we switch characters, and we go to our good buddy Rand. And it's going to be a little short, but there's a lot that happens right here. Um, so anything before we move on to Rand that we missed or anything else we want to talk about with mm-hmm. Perrin? All right. So I, let's I to Rand. I have one question. <laughs> okay. Go. Where, where, where are they <laughs> when they're dreaming? Yeah, no, that's, that's Do you want me to answer question. it? Yeah. Do you want me to answer oh, it? I, I would love for you to answer that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I actually have an answer. Read and find out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a great question. I mean, yes, read and find out is the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> How long do we have? It's a horrible answer. <laughs> it's the correct answer. Uh, I mean, um, ooh, good question. I, I yeah, think you could you could probably tell them without much damage, Alan. Like, I mean, so so chapter twenty one of this book is called the World of Dreams. So ooh. and then there's. So there, 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 there's some stuff coming. Um, there, you have created there's, anticipation there's some stuff for coming. me. I'm excited. <laughs> if you would have said book 13, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to stop thinking about this topic. <laughs> it's a null <laughs> point. Uh, I can say that. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 won't, you won't fully understand this whole concept probably for, for about a book or two, but it, it, you'll get it. It brings it's, me hope. It's not, it's not all the way down the end. The sword being okay. in the land of dreams is an actual thing, and that they're going to have to pull it out of the land of dreams into the. Room. I like it. No. They're going to all have to three go into a trance state together, okay. led by the wolves, guarded by the Aes Sedai, to get by Aes Sedai, I mean Moraine, to get the sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I'm liking it. And so as you're saying that, I'm I'm kind of combining it with that whole multiverse thing. Instead of just thinking about it as a dream world, it's you know, it's a it 
that sword doesn't exist on this plane that they're in right now. So they have to go yeah, into so another universe, another dream, multiverse to, to, to grab it. Stones. And so Rand has to control Ooh, the yeah. where he can mm-hmm. focus his thoughts on the one place it is and using the other two and to get him in, they're able to hone in on the location together. So maybe like the reason why he can't focus in this is, is possible. he needs the help of the other Taviran because the Taviran draws people towards things. So maybe the three of them together have a big enough pool. And maybe that's why the whole concept of cripple destroy one and cripple the uh what was the the saying? You know, kill, yeah. there you go. If you cut off one leg or something they like that. They, maybe they that's the concept it. there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Me likey. Me likey. Are better than one. Is, Profound. I mean, well, that's an awesome theory. I, I love it. Yeah. That's why I Alan only got two first-time readers. If we had, if we had a third one, the three of us would be able to figure exactly. all of this shit out all the time. But like you, you and I just keep getting close. But no, there's a third quite. smarter being out there than the two of us. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we go to Rand. Uh, so Rand's just hiding as a black dog is walking towards him, and it's a big ass black dog. And they describe this thing as terrifying, like. Steel teeth. Um, and Rand keeps on thinking closer, closer, closer. Um, and then the dog attacks. And then something happens. And I want you to read this out and then tell me what you think it happened. Says, straight at Rand. Ten paces away now, a deep growl rumbled in his chest as it suddenly bound forward. Straight at Rand, the power filled him. Something leaped from his outstretched hands. He was not sure what it was. A bar of white light, solid as steel, liquid fire. For an instant, in the middle of that something, the dog seemed to become transparent, and then it was gone. So it's like he was able to actually focus and use the one power, and then it like shimmered the dog away. So did he- and then and then somebody walked by and was like, "What the hell was that? Who are you?" And then and then he replies, "I am an enchanter." <laughs> they called me by what name Tim. are you known? Hmm. There are some who call me Tim. <laughs> thought of when he like points his finger and goes. Poop. <laughs> Liquid yeah. fire. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so, so this point we learned that that Rand is actually heading towards Tear. Like that's he is one hundred percent heading towards Tear. He thinks about that. You know that that's where he's heading. He lets go of the power and he hears dogs howl in the distance, and several other dogs start howling. Um, and this is where he gets into the whole. I have, no easy beat. Too. Yeah. Hey, I, I have to ask though. Um, I know nobody was trying to spoil me or anything, but from time to time in different chats, whatever, people have used the term finger blasting. Is this finger blasting? Because after I after I heard it, I tried to Google finger blast. I tried to Google uh, finger blast. Oh, no. I didn't get anything that had to do with time at all. So I don't know. 
Maybe I need to add more words to the search. What am I? What am I not getting here? I've never googled it. I never will now. <laughs> so, so, so man, what's your, thought, what's your thoughts on finger blasting? There have been discussions about finger blasting ad nauseum throughout the various Discord. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Is this it? That was this what they meant by that? This is, this a this is... contender. Uh... This is strong, yeah. yeah. This, this this might be finger, finger blasting, blasting here. Mm. Yeah. This hmm. is why I stay away. Interesting. Yeah. It's a very, very it's a very powerful force for uh, finger blasting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> oh. yeah. All right. So why are all the dogs chasing him down? Will these dogs here just chase down anybody? Or are they chasing him down because they smell his taint? <laughs> mm. Hey, what are these dogs? Are they just normal dogs? Are they normal wolves? Like, what are these dogs? Hmm. Mm. Who are these dogs? How are these dogs? Part of the question is, is uh, why, would, why would Rand need to, like, all of a sudden have some get out of jail free power to protect him from these if they're just normal right like, well it says no warning for your master this yeah. time mm. so it's as if he's encountered these dogs before mm. like we haven't encountered them with him but he's been on his own now for what all of two days have we even gotten to two days like how where is our timeline at this point like yeah so it's like, this, yeah, like, it's only is like, this yeah. Rand saying only, this, yeah. or is this one of his past lives? If we're going with this whole concept of the voices in his head or his past lives reaching out to him, maybe this is like one of his psychotic breaks, and the hounds are indeed there, but they're being remembered by one of his other selves. Oh, yeah, and one of his other flickers, the dogs gave him away. And maybe yeah, that's how he died or got caught or whatever. But he's remembering that. So this time he's like, oh, come a little bit closer. You're not going to give the warning this time, buddy. Finger blast. Bam. Uh, like, I'm so Brand confuses me. Like, I think we're supposed to be lost in his delusion. And we're definitely there. Like, nothing makes much sense except for, like, the fact that he's trying to master the one power and slowly if nothing else he's able to use it in a reactionary sense like when his life is definitely at risk it comes out of him so when he is most excited you know the white stuff pours so Finger blast. Finger <laughs> blast. <laughs> like maybe he has to be in like true levels of euphoria or, you know, before it can work. So that's why all of the prior dragons that can channel go mad is because they have to put themselves at such a high, high risk position before it's actually worth anything. So yeah. So we, we end this chapter with, uh, 
he's heading east and he's saying hunt me. I can hunt too. I have no easy meat. <laughs> yeah. It had to be it had to be done I mean, this is the one Thank you. It had to be done. That's what she said. Um like, there's so many innuendos in here. Like the more I read, the more I'm like, he's really got a dirty mind. Oh. Oh yeah. Robert Jordan was was yeah, was not yeah, I mean yeah. There's it's an old perfect. Well, let's, let's be let's be Don't don't Google the one power pulsing and finger blasting at the same time because you're not gonna get anything wheel of time related. I just <laughs> Did you just do it? Yeah, you just did it. And I scrolled on and on. I went to like, you know, page eight or nine when you start getting like the really random search results and still mm-hmm. just all the same, not again, not wheel of time. Mm. I won't do that then. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so yeah. Vance, I I know you worked for most of the episode. Anything that you had that you wanted to ask them from any of the chapters? Since we're kind of I wrapping really up, I really wanted to know their opinion on Noam. That was one of the things I was most excited for. So yeah, there was a lot of sympathy. Ooh, yeah, there was a lot of just like fear for Perrin. Like, for Noam himself, it's just like, he's probably better off as a wolf because he was a drunkard. But we don't know if he's a mean drunk or a nice drunk or just, you know, the town fool when he was drunk. But, like, my questions more came in the line of, how do these people get this power? If you can really classify it as a power. Like, how did... Is it something in their heritage? Is it like, do they come from like a long lineage of people? Like, what do we know? Parents, like, full backstory, like where he, like, who birthed him and all that. Like, I need to go back and look at book one because it feels like such a long time ago. Um, so I mean, they don't give you a whole lot, but I'll tell you because it's not spoilery at all. So he was. His family owns a farm outside of, um, uh, you know, in the two in the two rivers outside of Evansfield, and at a young age he uh, became the apprentice to the town blacksmith. So he yeah, left his family yeah, so to maybe... go live with, you know, uh, the Luhan to become to become apprentice. So like kind of like you know, I guess in medieval times or even you know like at you know whatever at thirteen, fourteen years old, if you decide to take a craft, you would go live with that. Yeah, uh, whether it's the Thatcher or the, the Cooper or whatever. So maybe oh. like they all come from like the same group and then they yeah. like spread out okay. over the land, and now they're like all mm-hmm. being triggered by the power. I don't. Something's triggering the change, and maybe they all come from the same lineage, and maybe down the road, parents mm-hmm. related to you know these two through some ancestor of some sort that we're going to find out about in book hmm. 10. Nope. Hey, and Gnome. so what, what was the name of our wolf guy again? Gnome. Gnome. So I also threw out there that um, maybe I was optimistic that maybe after they release him, he'd run out, he'd finish making his transition and everything would be hunky-dory with him. Um. And I, at first, I kind of said that jokingly, but it, like as we've been going on and I'm thinking about it, I, I keep going back to the fact that, all right, Moraine tells us no hope for him. 
You know, she did her little hands trick on his face and he's like, oh, there's no man left. It's just Wolf. But then she goes back and she tells Perrin that I don't really know that much about this. So maybe Moraine doesn't know. Maybe maybe this is part of a transition that um, you have to go through or everybody goes through. But he comes out okay in the end, meaning like, you know, after going through this crazy phase, maybe he comes much more like how Elias was and can make that seamless transition and be, you know, wolf brother, still be a man, still be a wolf sort of thing. It's kind of what made me doubt that because I I wanted to be optimistic too. And then it's like, I think the the different and decided not to wander too far into the dreamscape. I know him got drunk often. Yeah. So, you know, you're and then you enter into Ooh, this yeah. dream world and maybe he literally lost his dreams. Yeah, and wasn't wasn't Elias a, a warder or were we guessing we that guessing or did we know that? That, that was that was mm-hmm. our guess. But you knew he had a yeah. So no, no, wait, 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 wait. The the thought, thought, war? No, the, yeah, the, confirmed by land. Yeah. All right, you were right. So he was more, well, he, he was much more disciplined mind more for sure. Then, so even though those dreams are different, right? Where he was at least smarter about it, more disciplined in how he. That's true. Good point. Right. I don't know. So Vince, to answer your question, this entire time we would make these random assumptions but that, and then go, no, you made I don't a really know. good point though. Like I forgot about mm-hmm. being Elias being a warder. And so he did have the protection of the Aes Sedai. So he's got the working in his favor. So maybe that is the answer. Yeah. Or at least, at least. He did. Well, so did he really have that protection though? Because don't forget, he said that the uh, red Aja tried to gentle him. Back out of the world, but maybe well, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, I, I, I guess pr- protection more like mentally, so. like mentally protected as he made this transition. And maybe that is the you know, to keep from him from going. Maybe full he does grade. eventually find yeah. somebody that will. Maybe Rand takes him as a warder. Maybe Rand like protects his mind. Like, oh <laughs> yeah, man, that's... that could be the end. I don't think Brand's getting his own shit together for at least a couple more books. That's if he makes it that far. He, he's struggling. Yeah. His taint is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So favorite characters are, yeah, favorite characters for these chapters. It's, I feel bad for the guy. No. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna cover the brothers because I'm gonna say Simeon. Cool. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I think Simeon won me over the you know the same way he won over Perrin. You know, at, at first, you know, I kind of laughed along at his description as well, and mm-hmm. uh, turns mm-hmm. out he's yep. a pretty solid dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and the next chapters we're gonna cover. Um, I was gonna do two. I'm gonna do three. I'm gonna do three. Keep Let's up, do it. Keep, yeah, keep doing three. <clears throat> so the next chapters are are secrets. That's the that's the next one is secrets. And then we have Tarvalon and the Amberlin seat. Ew! I just I flipped to chapter eleven as you were saying that, and on the second page there's a 
there's a picture of <laughs> yep something there there is I can't believe that I, have to take I can't a believe they put that in the book that. I don't have the book yeah. Was that you want me? You want me to send you a picture of what I'm looking at here? Does that <laughs> one, or can I just send you a picture of any old make, one I find? Make sure <laughs> is you it that North Harbor? Is it the North yeah. Harbor? <laughs> yeah, North. You could definitely see the North Harbor. Let's <laughs> see the North Harbor. Is it, yeah. it going to be a map? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a map. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Show, shows you how I to get really there. Don't really have Chris. a hard time finding yeah. it. <laughs> oh, that's a map. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway, so yeah, so those are our next uh, our 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 secrets, Tarvalon and the Amberlin seats. So, thoughts about those? Yeah, um, I, say, this is one I of mean, those secrets kind of like choices for every chapter, and it would make perfect sense. <clears throat> like, <laughs> maybe they're yeah, gonna tell us some of the simple. secrets. Like, that would be different because right now all they do is keep secrets from us. So, so well, do you think this is gonna, do you think gonna, these are chapters? We will see that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're switching. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get some, we'll get some men. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, we're, sw- we're switching back. So, how much time um, has passed? Yeah. Remind me. So maybe we'll get some Matt about, about a year. Two. Like Matt's Matt. Yeah. No, how much time? How much time has passed since the beginning of the book, no, 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 or no, since since between book two and book three? Like, you know, yeah. Oh, oh, oh a, just yeah, a, a, a month. Yeah, but like but three months. Yeah. It's been it's it's been it's yeah. been a year since the beginning of right. all this. <laughs> it's only been three months since two to three. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, they went through the winter and now they're has gone through uh, coming to spring again. So it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he has. It's only been a year. Ran. He brought it on himself. The whole summer in uh, the Great Hunt, and then lived like a thousand plus lives. So, yep, true. Yeah, yeah. Long three months. They they had their own version <laughs> of twenty twenty. Yeah, right true. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're um, we're almost at that point of just forgetting gotta, time in general because it's meaningless. We're, we're almost on there. Discord that way we can go back and take a look and just have an interactive timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's there yeah, is the there is side. one, but it's got spoilers. Oh. Um, they gated it yet? I know. Let me see. I know they talked about it. Um. It helps once you fit it on a reread. Um, let me, I'm, I'm going to it right now just to look. Um, so there is a website. I, th- I don't think you – so as long as you don't click past where you are, I think you're still pretty good on that one. Um, I, I'll, I'll double-check for them. If, it, if it's good, I'll share it. If not, then you guys are still screwed. Sorry. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So that's just the way it's going to be. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I don't. Th- I mean, it's really easy to spoil yourself with this website, though. So all you do is click one too far, it's, and it's, it's yeah, yeah. 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 Like the next five chapters. <laughs> yeah, because it jumps ahead and stuff like that. Yeah, so and that's the whole thing too. Is like so it doesn't ha- right now every plot lines happen linearly right now. 
eventually we get to the point where like things yeah, are not happening at, just at the same right. time. So it will jump, it will jump ahead of because this this site goes oh, through go as a linear fashion, seven. so it doesn't necessarily and follow then, the book. Yeah, chapter two, chapter seven, right. book four. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So. Yeah, go so, back in time. But there's there is a website that actually does allow you to track time wise, like how long. But yeah, so, by the end of this book. Does anyway, anybody know so, that number? Point of views. Do we actually finish? How many? What? How many? Point of views. Yeah. Well, in general, in, the, in this book, series. character point of views. And and there's. Oh yeah, there. That you, you, uh, that's that's yeah, easy. Um, that we finish, or that we just have in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the secret. Good lord! Like, been, yeah. In the whole entire series, a lot. <laughs> and so far, we got like four. Yeah. Some... <laughs> so they're gonna have to pick it up sometime soon. Oh, oh, oh it, it, it gets it gets it gets ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need more dark stories. Um. Yes. No. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you get to the point. So, in in the middle books, you do get to the point where you just like yeah. you can just start. That's where we'll get more dark and stories fine. in our system. Um. <laughs> the conversation happen. By then, COVID will will let up a little bit, and we'll be able to sit and talk yeah. in a round circle. So. In the Dragon Reborn, there are one, two, three, four, five, mm. six, seven, eight, nine, ten point of views. Ooh, so we're gonna get some good ones. Yeah. And some new ones. Grandparent yeah. are three girls. Lan, Moraine, that's eight right there. Loyal is nine. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones you named did not get point of views. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. So I mean the, the odds of us getting uh, some new ones are it's pretty decent. There you uh, go. No, hopefully we get a land fear point of view. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> there, there you go. So thank you, Vance, for coming on to our last little bit. Um, if you want to next week, come on back on just because I know you were supposed to do a full episode. So I feel bad. But um, uh, as we wrap this up, uh, can you tell us, uh, tell us where they can find you, how they can support you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah, gets for sure. yeah. So uh, I can be found on YouTube at the Gleeman. I'm on Instagram and Twitter also at the Gleeman, and that's M E N, not M A N. Uh, just so everyone knows out there. Uh, I've also got a Facebook page, same name, uh, and uh, I have recently been working on a Discord server here. Still, uh, kind of, you know, working out some of the kinks with it, but hopefully, I'll have it up and running soon and be inviting folks to come out there and and chat with me uh but in in the meantime until that's done i am generally hanging around the wheel reads right here at home with these fine folks Yay. Uh, so, yeah yeah well, thank you uh, uh happy to be happy to be uh welcomed into your server and community with open arms uh since i started the whole content sure. creation game so very nice no oh, thank you Thank you. But we appreciate you being here and helping us out with all of it, everything that you do help us out with. Well, I try to help with what so. I can. And then with what I can't, I say, yeah. damn the cloud. <laughs> yeah. the cloud. Exactly. There you go. 
All right. Well, uh, as far as how we can be found, um, the Will Reeds, just type it in anywhere except for Pornhub. I tried that. It didn't work. Um, so, so Twitter, we'll let you know Facebook, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, um, everywhere. It's it's either at the Will Reeds or the Will Reeds. You know, at gmail.com um, is our email, thewillreads.com, um, patreon.com slash thewillreads um, is our Patreon. So, yeah, just just uh, the, the main thing to go to is just thewillreads.com, which will take you to The Great Blight, which is a wonderful website that if you have not checked it out, I recommend you go check it out. It's still in beta version. Um, it's still being developed, but it's open and live. Um, it is safe for first-time readers as well. Um, the, the front page, I, I have to talk to Nablus about that. Um, I think as long as you don't click on – I think the way they have it set up, it's just the articles won't necessarily spoil anything. And then when you go to the wiki part of it um, where like it has different characters, it's set up very much so that it's it's linear and only and you as you scroll down, you won't get spoiled past where you are. So it doesn't just like, you know, this character dies, blah, blah, blah. Like that if you Google something, a lot of times it happens. So you Google XYZ character and the first line is XYZ character dies in book five. It's like, well, (laughs) the whole point of this website was to set up a wiki that, that really allows someone that's experienced books first time to be able to look things up and still be safe. So, so, um, TheGreatBlade.com. We also have, like I said, we have our content creator page on there. It has all the links to everything. Check it out. It's awesome. Um, also, the Gleeman, you guys yes, are on there yeah, too, right? I kind of kind of forgot to okay. mention that. We also have a creator page over there uh, on TheGreatBlight.com. Sure. And I also regularly publish articles over there, shooting for about two a month. But, you know, depending on the size of them, sometimes it's only one. So just varies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, awesome. That's awesome. I need to write articles. I just don't have time. I, I want to write articles on there, but <laughs> one day. Um, so yeah, support us on Patreon. It's a great way to support us. Merchandise is also a great way. Um, that's a more fun way because you guys get cool stuff. And speaking of merchandise, that since we kind of um, uh, last minute uh, uh, canceled on you last week, um, we're going to send you a, a frosty mug. So yeah, I'll give you uh, one of our our Will Reed's Frosty oh, Mugs yeah. to you. So I'll I'll get information. I'll send it to you. Um, cool. Yeah, cool. we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, Let's go. There you go. Yeah, I think actually Andrew from the Black Tower already collected them yes. all. Yes, he has a full collection, I believe. Uh, okay. He has I the full collection. He also has uh, a full collection. Well, and so does Rob uh, from Weekly yeah, World News, but he makes say, them all. So that's really really, doesn't, yeah. doesn't really count. Uh, <laughs> but... But yeah, so all the content creators, well, not all of them, but a lot of content creators have their own Frosty Mug now, um, and you can collect them all, more being added all the time. Malk, you're talking. Yeah. yeah, you got your Frosty Mug too. Yeah, so um, yeah, I only got two right now. I got I got mine and Dusty Reels, but I'll, I'll get there. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, that's about no. all I got. I can't think of anything else really. If you guys until next time thank you for listening to the wheel of reads see y'all next time <laughs>